Blog Talk Radio. Excited if I'm here. If I'm here, that means it's time to get the party started. (laughs) We got some peanuts or old bread I could throw at this gallery here. Oh, it's like Mm -hmm. that, huh? Okay. How you doing tonight, (laughs) Kelly? Not too bad. How about yourself? How you doing, Papa? Mm. Mm. Great one. Good, Mm -hmm. good. Everything is cool. Okay. Cold enough for you guys? Uh, yeah, it's a little chilly. Yeah, I've been out there all day, so, you know, kind of uh, immune to it there. Well, it's supposed to warm up over the weekend, so that'll be fun. Yeah, as long as we'll, we'll see the big S-S uh, word, the big snow. Uh, I'm not buying it. Okay, I hope not. Mm-hmm. I believe it when I see it. I know that's right. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, go ahead. Looks like what? I was going to say, it looks like we got a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. A lot of shiggity been going on all week. <laughs> it always is. What you got mm-hmm. for us tonight on the rundown? Well, we got uh, our hot topics tonight. Ex-Dallas cop is indicted on murder charges. Mm. Also, Michael, yeah, that's going to be an interesting story. Uh, Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort caught up in Web of Lies. And um, our last hot topic is who behind viral college acceptance video fake applications. Wow. Our hidden and quitted headlines. Races Arizona lawmaker says black people don't fit it in. Also, Philadelphia Eagles bailed nine people from jail using social justice funds. Also, ex-police chief gets three years in prison for framing a black man. Uh, And Marriott says major data breach exposed private info of about 500 million guests. That's a lot of people. Um, also, what's popping with Papa Didi? He's going to let us know what's going on with that. Our weird news tonight, Payless opens fake luxury store. Also, D.C. Clark nixes marriage of man because of his foreign uh, New Mexico ID. And woman fart in line pulls knife of man who complained about it. <laughs> okay. 
I'm just saying with Red Wine, Living for the City with Papa Didi, my Hollywood wrap-up. Our cocktail of the week is called the Spring Pinot. Also, our kissing list and the last word. Sit back, relax, get your favorite cocktail, because we're sipping on it. And uh, we'll be back with the hot topic. Do you have unruly children? Do they misbehave in school and get bad grades? Are timeouts completely ineffective? Are you scared to spank them because they might have you arrested? What they need is a new school where discipline is number one and education is secondary. What they need is... Whoop that ass academy. Here at the Whoop that ass academy. We don't have discipline problems. Know why? We're privately owned and we do what we want. And when kids get out of hand, we whoop that ass. Time out is for football games. When kids want to show off, we don't give them a time out. We just whoop that ass. We don't make a kid stand in the corner. That's by house plan. When one of our kids gets out of order, we snatch him out of that classroom and whoop that ass. Here at WTA Academy, we make sure they learn the basics of reading and writing, math and science. But above all else, they learn discipline. This is what will keep your kids out of jail. Make the world a better place. Sometimes you gotta whoop that ass. And we do. Here at WTA Academy, our motto is, we care enough to whoop that ass. They may not read and write too well, but they'll act like they've got sense. Because we whoop that ass. So bring your kids on down to whoop that ass academy. We'll get them straight. Hi, right, welcome back to the John Party on Hills Papa Didi. I'm your kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. Alrighty. Ooh. So. I hear they still got a waiting list at WTA. Whoop that ass academy. Oh, yeah, really? <laughs> okay. That's what I hear. Mm-hmm. All right, let's shift gears and get into these hot topics. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. All right, Papa Didi, you gonna kick it off? Oh, I'm first, huh? Mm-hmm. I don't even remember drawing the short straw. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what's going on tonight? It's conspiracy concocted by the man. Uh-huh. No. Okay. No. Always is. Now, what about this uh, ex-Dallas Dallas, uh, cop? The one who claimed, I went to the wrong house. I went to the wrong house and I heard a noise and I just started shooting. Mm-hmm. Well, how the hell are you going to shoot in the wrong house? Mm-hmm. And who know, who who don't know they're going into their own environment? You know what I mean? I mean, uh, you know, some of the things that people say when it comes to their defense it's very peculiar. You know, they get a lawyer who's just as shady as they are, and they come up with all these gimmicks, you know, especially with her being of a, a Caucasian nature. You know, they just know what to say when it comes to how can we manipulate or put some doubt in the jury somehow just by, you know, like in the George Zimmerman case where the guy brought a piece of cement to the trial. <laughs> really? Really? A piece of cement to the trial. Like that made a difference of uh, the the lime or the, uh, you know, the limestone or the, the or whatever else goes in. Was that the same texture of cement or was that, you know what I mean? I just don't, 
I don't get yeah, the deceit. When somebody is, is dead to rights, caught with a smoking gun, or guilty as hell, the first thing, a, they and they call them a good lawyer, what the lawyer would do is try to put some type of confusion, doubt. People say, oh, wow, well, that, you know, that could have been the case if that had seen that. That, 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 that could have, and, and we're learning every day with Trump just how dumb some Americans are. You know, the people he got manipulated. His whole eleven million dollar base, I mean eleven million people base, where he and then you know he knows that they're they're not that intellectual, so he has to talk to them every two weeks just to keep them interested. You know, what I mean it's almost like you're trying to squeeze every bit of juice out of a damn lemon as you can before you eventually realize you got to throw the damn lemon away. And it's amazing, you know. But uh, anyway, getting back to the story here, uh, her name is Amber. Uh, what is it, Guy Geiger? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Amber Geiger, the former Texas uh, police officer who killed her neighbor, his name is uh, Borton Jean, uh, has been indicted on a murder charge, according to the Dallas County District Attorney's Office. Okay. She inflicted, uh, his mother, his mother says that she inflicted tremendous evil on my son, and he didn't deserve it. Okay, uh, Botton Jean's mother, uh, Allison Jean, said at a news conference on Friday. Now, District Attorney uh, Faith Johnson told reporters her office uh, did a thorough job of uh, presenting the case. Once the grand jury heard this case, they did return the indictment for murder. Good. Okay, so I don't know what was said, but they really uh, they put it out there. They put it out there. Brayton Jean, a 26, uh, uh, 26-year-old uh, native of the Caribbean islands of uh, St. Lucia, died September 6th after uh, Geiger walked into his apartment and shot him twice. Okay, At the time of the shooting, uh, Geiger, the police officer, was turning home from a 12-hour shift, still wearing her Dallas, Dallas police uniform. All right. She started. She stated. Excuse me. She stated that she uh, mistook Jean's apartment for her own, and that uh, when she entered, uh, she heard an intruder and saw the image in the dark. Authorities uh, said, uh, and she opened fire. All right. She was terminated on September 24th. Okay, so she was fired first. She was terminated on September 24th after a hearing by the police department and by the Internal Affairs Department determined that uh, her story didn't pan out. Things sound shaky, crooked, undercover, underhand, and it was just, you know, the whole time she seemed like she was making it up as she went along. So uh, the IA department said, look, we're going to just go ahead and uh, give you a break. Okay. So anyway, although... um, Johnson said, uh, Johnson, again, is a district attorney, said she's she's uh, prohibited from discussing what evidence, he's, he's prohibited from discussing what evidence the grand jury reviewed, okay? She did say that uh, her office conducted over uh, 300 interviews and ordered forensic testing on the murder and items, okay? Geiger's indictment uh, came roughly two months after Texas Rangers arrested her on a warrant to face manslaughter charges. So according to the arrest affidavit, Kyer claims uh, Gene ignored verbal commands before she shot him. 
All right. At the time of uh, Geyer's September arrest, the district attorney's office announced a grand jury would ultimately decide what uh, charges she would face. All right. And finally, Geyer turned herself into authorities Friday afternoon, and she was released after after posting bond. Hmm. So So she she claimed that she told him to stop or whatever command she gave him. In his apartment. Yeah. And she's claiming that he ignored her command. And that's yeah. when she just went on and fired. Wow. I just think that personally that we, in our own lives, all of us individually, we have things that we've collected through the years. You know, things we have. We have entrances to our house. We have our, our, our flower, our rug. You know, what we have in our foyer. You know, the way we cut our lights on in our foyer things we reach for, places we put our keys and things like that. We we know the layout of where we live. I was on a train just yesterday with a gentleman who was blind and I had to see at least I, I commend this gentleman because he got on in Jersey and the conductor asked could he help him and he said no, no and he went in one car and then ironically he came back to the other car. He tapped his little stick on the ground or what have you and um, I was walking behind him, and I happened to tell him that the the one handicap seat that's up front, I said that that was available. That was empty. Because this man was totally blind. He didn't wear the glasses, you know, so you can see how his eyes were, you know, just the way they're kind of, you know, rearranged, so to speak. And um, I told him that the handicap seat was available. And he says, no, nah, I don't like those seats. I'm, I'm going to sit somewhere else. I'm going to probably sit this one here. So he puts he said, Is anybody sitting in this one right behind it? And he dashes cane there and I mean his little little uh, red tip uh stick and that one was empty and he and he got in that one. And then I saw him get up to get off at, at Baltimore and and he was kinda like, you know, just mumbling, Oh, Baltimore and he kinda got up and grabbed his bag and was just tapping his stick on the side of seat. You know, and I'm saying all that to say that this man is blind and was able to navigate through a train to find an empty seat and find a comfort zone. And here this cop has full sight, full intellect, and is supposed to be an officer of the law and going to throw some kind of line up there like I walked into the wrong house and just started shooting. Are you kidding me? It sounds to me like you had it out for this gentleman. There was an altercation. Mm -hmm. You wanted to catch up on something, you wanted to get back to something, who knows? You probably had sex with the man. Who knows? You know, nobody knows. The only person who knows is her and that man and God. And But I'm glad that people are able to see um, things and, uh, you know. Yeah, that was a very sad situation. But I'm glad that they at least indicted her and didn't try to it off as it was an accident. Oh, believe in her completely. Or she was confused. You know, she had been working a what was it, a twelve-hour shift and all of this kind of thing. Who cares? She's working But that doesn't mean hours. that you should come home. I don't care if you've been working for thirty-six hours in a row. That doesn't mean that you, you know, should just get away with killing a man for no reason at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so anyway. I, I feel- we'll yeah, I just feel as if she had, like Papa said, some vendetta or something against this guy. Um, yeah, I'm quite sure in the testimony that's going to come out in court, it's going to come out. You know, they they probably had some 
altercations before, and yep. um, you know it, it it's just obvious. I mean, it, it's the it had to be something for the grand jury to indict her. So yeah. they saw something or heard something that she was talking about or wasn't talking about to indict her. So yeah, something. And once something's that not bullet right. comes out, once that bullet comes out of that gun, you. Yeah, it's All you can do now is is figure out what what is gonna be my alibi because I didn't pull this trigger and that bullet has been released and man my whole my life didn't, whole life has changed. Didn't they previously say when that story first broke that he had some kind of a a particular doormat or something in front of his door? It was something unique that he had, I believe, like a doormat or welcome mat or something like that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, for her, if unless she had one just like it, which they never said she did, so mm-hmm. how do you confuse that, oh, this is my place, if you're walking over this doormat that you know you don't have a doormat like that, yeah. that should have been indication number one that, Something doesn't look right. I must be in place. Smells in general. I mean, you know me. I have a nose like a coyote. Smells itself is just very evident toward an environment. When you walk in an environment, you you smell. You may not smell your own environment because you're immune to it and it was set up for you. But when you walk in some other place, the first thing you do is you you smell. Hmm. Wow. It smells good in here. Damn, smells like crap in here. You know what I mean? You you react on 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 the smell of the environment. Better, you know. Yeah, that's true. And with him being of a Caribbean mm-hmm. nature, I'm sure he had some kind of, you know, something. Smell like something hurry in there. No, I wouldn't say so much food, but just as far as whether it be the uh, incense or his cologne or what have you, I'm sure there was something with him being a Caribbean brother that had a flavor of its own, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they, they tried to play it like um, she was tired. Um, it was just a mistake. She did twelve hour yeah. shift. I mean, you know, so he played on that, but like he yeah, agreed with the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can give us a call if you have a comment. Our number is uh nine one four eight oh three four three zero six. And if you're already listening, just press one and you'll be queued in. Just press one on the phone you're on now and you'll come into the studio and we'll uh pick you up and let you uh say what you gotta say. Yeah. But Kettle, to that comment I would say this. I remember back in the day when folks used to hang out and we would be partying and cutting up and acting a fool. When I got home, I knew I was home. I didn't get a party all night long and stumble across somebody else's door and think, oh, I'm home. This must be my house. And I walked into somebody else's house by accident. Mm. So no matter how tired I was, no matter how much fun I had had, I knew how to get to my own house. So to say you've been on your feet working for 12 hours, come on. There are nights that I, days that I work for 12 hours sitting in front of a, a computer or, or writing or doing something all day long, and I'm exhausted. But that's not going to cause me to be that punch drunk that I don't know where I'm walking into. To go in a neighbor's house. Yeah, I'm not going to come home and stumble, you know, two or three doors down, walk into their house and still not realize where I am. That doesn't even add up. Hmm. But anyway, speaking of lies, let's talk about this web of lies between Michael Cohen and Paul Manafort. And I I don't even know who else lied all week. Well, we know Trump in line, but 
I'm going to talk about, first of all, that little weasel, Michael Cohen. Now, that's uh, Trump's former personal attorney. Now, this week he pleaded guilty to lying to Congress about the Moscow real estate project that Trump and his company was pursuing at the same time that Trump was pursuing the nomination to the Republican Party for president. Now, of course, at first, you know, Louisa Cohen was saying, no, no, that's not what was going on. Now he's saying, all right, I admit it, I lied. Now, what's interesting to me about all this is that this is the man who was Trump's personal attorney. Now, if he was lying, who was he lying to protect? Because why would you lie? You're an attorney. You're not supposed to be about you. You're supposed to be, you know, working for the benefit of your client. At that point, client number one was Donald Trump. So if you're caught up lying about what your client was doing, then clearly your client was doing some stuff that he shouldn't have been because otherwise you could have just said what was what. I mean, that's the way I see it. I don't see it as being that complicated. It it ended up being a nine-page filing that the prosecutors laid out what they said was a litany of lies that Cohen admitted to uh, about this whole Moscow project. And he was trying, Cohen, was trying to minimize the links between the proposed development of this project that Trump wanted to build in Moscow and tried to put space between the Moscow project and the presidential bid. But, of course, the two were getting closer together and merging and, and crossing over each other and stuff, and that's what was creating the problem. But I keep hearing people say, well, it really wasn't illegal if Trump was pursuing his business stuff, because at that point he was not president. So legally it was not a conflict of interest. So my point is, well, if it was not a conflict of interest, why would you lie? If that's what they were doing and Trump is trying to get something going in Moscow and you hooking up with Putin and all of that, why would you lie about it? The only reason to lie is if you think the truth is going to be harmful to you. If you didn't think that it was illegal or was going to be a problem, why bother to lie? Because like I said, at that point, he was just running. He had thrown his hat into the ring and said, I want to be considered to run for president on the on the Republican ticket. So why would you lie? What's the problem? But Cohen was telling all kind of lies like, oh, no, no, that's not happening. No, there's no deal, no conversations about a project going on in Moscow. No, Trump's not trying to build some kind of a hotel or uh, a residential property, whatever it was, in Moscow. No, that's not what's happening, when in fact it was. Now that the truth comes out, it makes you question, well, then why would you hide it? Why would you lie? People only lie when they know the truth is going to get their butt in hot water. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. So now Cohen is saying, yes, I'm guilty. And in the documents that he had, some of the evidence he turned over, he referred to Trump as individual one. He didn't call him by name in any of those documents. It just said individual one. But it was clear who individual one was, uh, and Cohen identified him in court, told the truth about that, and said, yeah, individual one was Donald Trump. 
So, in other news, then you got Mueller going after Manafort because he breached a plea deal. Now, remember when they cut Manafort, Paul Manafort, a plea deal, if he gave over various information, et cetera, and cooperated and all of that. I guess they gave him, what, a reduction in time that he was going to have to serve or something. Well, now, Special Counsel Robert Mueller is accusing uh, former campaign, uh, campaign Chairman Paul Manafort of violating the plea deal that he agreed to earlier this year by repeatedly lying to prosecutors and FBI agents during recent debriefing sessions. So, see, Paul Manafort's problem is that every time he opens his mouth, he just lies by default. He can't seem to help himself. So he's been lying again, Mueller bust him for it, and they're saying, look, that was part of the deal, the plea deal. It was that you were going to give up certain information and tell the truth about these things. Well, now you're busted. Now, what they're going to do about it, I don't know. But they filed a report, and they were saying that Manafort committed federal crimes by lying to the FBA and the special counsel on a variety of matters. So it looks like Manafort is now exposing himself to the possibility of more severe prison sentence under federal guidelines, but they have not specifically elaborated on what exactly did he lie about this time. I mean, every time I've seen him talk, he's lying, but they haven't said exactly what is he lying about, but it looks like it's going to get him in more trouble. So, you know, previously he was charged in the state of Virginia, I'm sorry, the Commonwealth of Virginia, with uh, tax fraud, bank fraud, failing to report overseas bank accounts, and uh, Washington, D.C. was charging him with acting as an unregistered foreign agent for the Ukraine. So here we go again, right back to Russia. He's acting as a foreign agent for Ukraine, money laundering, obstructing of justice. I mean, really, the list goes on and on. Clearly, 45 surrounds himself with a bunch of criminals and liars, and that's why that door at the White House is a revolving door. And that's mm-hmm. all I'm going to say about that. Bunch well, of liars, your brother, bunch he's, of a, he's a criminal, too. So, I mean, you know, criminals go with criminals. Yeah, game-recognized game. Recognized game. <laughs> I guess <Yeah>. so. <laughs> but um, they, they should have never lied, like you said, to, to save face, but to me, you know, you you don't worry about the consequences. You just go ahead and lie and think you're not going to get caught. Eventually, you will. You know, so all they have so to do is that's because they can't they... ever keep the lies straight. That's the problem. <laughs> is that what it is? Yeah, uh, because uh, one person is saying, "No, I didn't do that. It was somebody else," and somebody else is saying, "No, I didn't do it. It was him." But they don't ever confer with each other to say, "All right, let's get our story straight." I'll take the heat for this. You take the heat for that. Let's agree. They don't do that. When the stuff hits the fan, it's every man for himself. So the the lies start flying. Everybody gets implicated. And somehow Trump just ends up Teflon Don. Nothing sticks to him. But, you know, I I wonder about um, these men's families. Like you don't see their wives or anything like that. Or them talking about their family life or anything like that. I mean, what what does the wife say when they go behind closed doors? Like, are you stupid idiot? You know, like, why are you protecting this? 
You think so? I'm sorry. You know, first of all, I, I just think, you know, personally that none of this really means anything at all. You know, I think people are not watching the big picture. You know, first of all, uh, Manafort was busted for all kind of um, money laundering and things like that. And nobody has yet to ask them where the money is, okay? It seems like when somebody commits a, a crime, a Wall Street white-collar crime, they have to do the restitution thing and everything else. But nobody mentioned restitution on this because they're so, they're so distracted on the uh, the situation with Trump and all that. But Trump is going to pardon him anyway, so what is the point of wasting all this time and energy toward anything? Because this is why they're stalling, and Trump likes people to stick up for him. Even uh, the other guy, what's his name, Cohen, his lawyer? Yeah. His he lawyer did what he did just so he could plead out guilty and not have to drag the trial through the mud to bring more negative attention on Trump. Trump is in touch with Cohen as well as this other guy, Manafort. Believe me, everybody is talking to everybody. They've been friends too long. They've been crooked together too long to not have an end game or to have a you know an escapism plan. The three of them, and plus yeah. he's got the power to, he's got the power to just. Give like everybody pardon all of them. Yeah, but it doesn't. That doesn't matter. Ain't Trump's not going to go down by no no little person where he could just pardon them and and, and grant them whatever. Especially Manafort. Manafort would be he'll be pardoned by Valentine's Day. I guarantee you. So everything that, that this guy uh, the prosecutor is doing, it's a waste of time because Trump's going to pardon everybody. And plus, Trump's going to get money out of Manafort saying, "Look, okay, now that fifteen million dollars that you uh, money laundered, where is it?" Because I want ten million of it, you know. I'm I'm about to pardon you. This stuff is complete. This the crookedness mm. of this is something that poor people or middle class people can never begin to understand. This is how they get their banks and banks of money. The same way he's in bed with Putin. The same way he's in bed with the uh, the sheik from Saudi Arabia. You know, oh, all all rich people do is eat, have massages, and lay women. You know what I mean? And make money. Because the more money they make, if you see some specials on, du, du, what's that called, Dubai? Mm-hmm. If you look at some specials on du, Dubai, where at least, I would say, 60% of the Arab-American people over there that were successful business people that built hotels and things like that, these guys are like gazillionaires. They have like Rolls Royces. The, taxes, the, the, the taxis are Rolls Royces. And the different stuff that goes on with that, and it's really nothing to brag about because, you know, the one thing that God has has, has caught, put all of us in common with is, is a liver and a pancreas and, and, and you know, kidneys and a heart and lungs. And it's one thing we have in common, no matter how cocky we get or how, how malicious we act, you know, our life has a, what's called a level of expectancy before it expires and you die, so to speak. And that's something you're never going to, unless you found a new way to live longer, then you ain't really rich on anything. You're doing the same old things. And half of them ain't eating right. You know, they're just doing what they do and living how they live. And, and, you know, it's very interesting. And Trump's days is numbered. I'm not saying that to wish no bad luck on him, but his aggressiveness is really getting the best of him because now he's starting to fray. And and who's gonna bat, who's gonna stick up for Trump after Trump is gone? Where's the Trump legacy gonna be? Nobody's aggressive like him. His sons ain't got it like that. The daughters, he's all quiet and mystique, and the son-in-law ain't really saying much. And if something happened to Trump, or Trump all of a sudden fades from the from the illusion of things. I don't see anybody 
that's a real uh, that he's been putting in in training to to have his aggressiveness or have his authority like that. They're all going to grab their own little stake of the gold bond, and they're all going to go to their own neutral corners. You'll see the Trump name is just like just like when Chris Kringle disappeared and all of a sudden Santa Claus came out. You know the same difference. You know it's not you know you only can hold on to that long enough. So anyway. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to pick up a caller. See what they have to say about it. Caller, welcome to the Pajama Party Show. Uh, go right ahead with your comment. Yes, and how y'all doing tonight? Fine, how Fantastic. are you? Fantastic. Okay. Uh, uh, first and foremost, leave 45 alone. Okay. <laughs> leave alone. I wish and, I could. And, Papa, and Papa Didi said about y'all going to go to their neutral corners? Yes, and all those <laughs> cell blocks that they get ready to go in. Okay. All of them going down. <laughs> All they got too much money to go to jail. Yeah, they are. Ah, money can't save them, sir. Money can't. Yeah, save but you but you compliment law enforcement no, 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 every no, no. day. Money can't save they them, give sir. Money, to law they, money cannot save them. Okay, money cannot save them. They're okay. all going down. Okay, you look 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 at history itself. Mm-hmm. Obama in the, in the chair, right? You had uh, uh, the Bushes in the chair. When you see all of them walk out of that White House, going to their helicopter, what they do, wave. They talk every now and then, don't you? This fool mm-hmm. is actually putting himself in prison, okay? He's putting himself in prison. He sit there and call that man, what, stupid, an idiot? He's not smart. He's dumb. He keeps talking. He's telling on himself. All he's doing is just counting his days of how much time he's going to get because Get all the ducks in a row. He's going. Manafort's going. The lawyer going. The son-in-law going. The daughter going. And everybody else going. Milana going to be over there with a little special child living life. Okay? <laughs> y'all going to jail. I hate to Don't say it, but y'all going. Christmas trees. Oh, mm-hmm. you heard what you said? What you, what you called it? Devil Row or something? Red rum, red rum. <laughs> yeah, I did hear somebody call it devil rum. He, he over there right now. That mess about that over there in Russia. Yeah, he's gonna get that man a five million dollar what condo or something in, in that town. Like that. Give him a five million, yeah, five million dollar condo. Okay. Yeah. Putin's laughing at him. Okay. Putin's yeah, laughing Putin's at him. Laughing. Mm-hmm. He's got. I, I think he's got something on him because at the time, you know, when he was visiting uh, Russia prior to his his presidency, like I said, them rich guys are just chasing the coochie, man. And I'm sure him and yeah. him and um, Putin have been together in all kinds of little mm-hmm. smut affairs and all kinds of stuff. He's probably got pictures with Trump, you know, being pissed on or whatever. Oh. You know, I mean, I'm just oh. exaggerating. But you know what I'm saying? Like, go on, go on, go on. I ain't never seen a president every time he leave that White House, he got the oh the helicopter. I can't hear. Uh, I thought about Reagan. The man is is he's hallucinating. And look how cool out Putin is. Every time you see Putin, he's chill. Putin's chill. He's always smiling and smirking, and he's like, man, I got I got America in my back pocket. I got a Looney Tune friend of Trump that I didn't gave money to, gave property well, to. Well, did you Russia. see him high fiving the 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 sheik from uh, Saudi Arabia yeah, today? Yeah, and they, you know, it's just, yeah. and they like, ordered to have what, people what, killed and cut up. I listened to this radio station. The man say, "I wish I was a fly on the wall to hear what Putin and him was talking about." 
Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were they talking about? No telling. It, it was like, look at that nut over there. He can already go down. Yeah, but it's because he's making money. <laughs> See, we're, we're, we're losing money as far as General Motors and everything like that, but we're also well, making money from Saudi he Arabia. Better leave, he better leave China alone, okay? Mm-hmm. He better leave China. Yeah, he, China's a, he's a, he's right a, he's China's in bed with China. China. That's why he keep messing with him. He's in bed with China. He done did some kind of deal with China, or he's trying to get something over there in China. Yeah, he's trying China's to get something. I don't know, but he I know he better leave him alone. He better leave him alone because he don't know how powerful China is. Okay. Yeah, China's big. Oh, oh, oh no, it's got bigger, sir. Oh yeah, bigger. they they build land over in the Persian Gulf. You know, and now they, they control. They create an island. They create islands in the, in the Persian Gulf to catch that oil that was flowing out when we blew up the damn um, Kuwait oil fields. And now they've contained all that oil that we have that we blew up during that little uh, Iraq war, but we never capped off and took for ourselves. We just let it run into the Mediterranean like fools and didn't even bother to. Then we pack it up, leave, and say, "Okay, war's over. Let's go." And 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 uh, China's like, "Is that oil dripping in there?" So they went over and built islands and capped off the oil, and and they got a direct pipeline going to Kuwait. And uh, man, I tell you, you gotta, you gotta. And me being an ex, you know, military Navy guy, you know, I know all about the Mediterranean. Been there three times in my life. It's amazing. So anyway, yeah, he talk he talked about the man over there. Oh, he this, he that. Oh, oh, he's my friend. He he's my buddy. Oh, mm. he ain't gonna be around about a couple of years. No, that man changed the law over there. He's gonna be the big man till he dropped dead. Okay, so Trump going down in January. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't okay. call I don't call them reservations at the youth for five U holes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> oh, we'll be watching. Woo. We will okay. be watching. All right, All right. Appreciate it. Right. Thank you. All right. Well, we're going to keep it moving. And uh, let's see. We're getting ready to take a break and come back with, am I right? Yeah, come back with the hit it and quit it headline. You're listening mm-hmm. to the Friday night edition. Did I miss one? Yeah, you missed one. Oh. But it's okay. We can keep rolling. No, go ahead, Kelly. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, well, I said, did I miss one? I'm sorry. Yeah, I want to hear about that one. Go right ahead, Kelly. My bad. Okay. Um, this that's all right. This um, a school behind this viral college acceptance video is a reportedly fake application. Interesting. A school in Louisiana that made headlines for sending working class black kids to elite colleges is accused of cutting corners in doctoring college applications. It shows videos of students from um, T.M. Landry College Prep opening exception letters from top universities. Um, they they um, have become an Internet sensation. But uh, CBS This Morning is one of many news sources to report this. Um, Michael and Tracy Landry, who run the school, are accused of um, fostering a culture of fear with physical and emotional abuse. The Landry's deny falsifying transcripts in college applications. Um, but Michael Landry admitted that he hit students. Oh, interesting. Um, Anna Lewis. Crazy. They showed him on, on, on the TV. Um, Anna Lewis was a student there. She told CBS News 
that um, she got this education that meant nothing. Her mother, Latasha Lewis, pulled her and two other children out of the school. We feel betrayed. I saw the videos and wanted exactly what I saw in the videos for my children. So um, these kids were mentally, emotionally, severely affected by their experience at the T.M. Landry um, School. Wow. And it also goes on to say that the parents have made sacrifices to send them here. Uh, we make sacrifices to uh, make sure that they can stay. The average income is $32,000. The tuition costs up to $675 a month. Um, there are teachers, but no textbooks, no homework, and no specific class schedule. Wow. Mm. What? Yeah, that's crazy. They really took these Yeah, people. I saw... I saw the interview, one of the interviews with the two, uh, the couple that runs that school, Landry, mm-hmm. and they were saying that someone asked them about their credentials, and they were saying that they were not satisfied with their son's education when he was like in first grade or something, that he wasn't mm-hmm. learning how to read or something to that effect. So the mm-hmm. husband decided he was going to take the kid out of the school that he was in and homeschool him. And he and then the kids started doing so well. She says, "Now this is the wife talking." She said, "Then other people started asking, well, can you help my child?'" And mm-hmm. they say it just kind of mushroomed. And before they knew it, they were, you know, had come up with a plan to start a school. Right. So, you know, I'm not saying that it takes having a degree. You know, mm-hmm. to be able to do anything, but they were the the reports were that they don't really have any kind of real credentials to be running mm-hmm. a preparatory school like that. Right, but you would think that they would, um, <clears throat> you know, bring some people that are qualified, and if that if that question arises, you know, um, that somebody's in place or there are people in place that do have credentials. You would think there were, there should be some kind of board or something that regulate this type of thing. Um, you would think. You know, just, I mean, this wasn't free, right? Weren't they charging tuition for these kids right. that came to their school? Almost $700 a month. So it sounds um, like then they should have been able to afford to pay some qualified people. Well, even if that person came in a couple of hours out the day, and they could have been because this, they said there were no teachers, no textbooks, no homework, and no specific class schedule. So would you just go there and, you know, whatever the curriculum is for that day, you just do that? You know, is it really a curriculum? That just sounds like just come to school and see what happens. Right. But um, so I, it sounds like that the the internet thing that they were doing with the college kids opening um, acceptance letters and stuff, that was just bogus. That was just probably just to pull other people in. That's what it sounds like to me. You know, they said that some of these acceptance letters were fake. I don't know where the faking part was coming in because Mm -hmm. I did hear in a separate interview that some parents Mm -hmm. were saying that their kids got accepted into, you know, various what are called Ivy League schools. I guess mm-hmm. that's just a hidden term for white schools. But anyway, Ivy League mm-hmm. schools, and the kids couldn't keep up. 
because they were not mm-hmm. prepared. Now, they were in, they came from that school, Landry Preparatory, so they're supposed mm-hmm. to be prepared. But when they got there, they couldn't compete, mm-hmm. you know, with the rest of the kids. They couldn't keep up with the curriculum, wow. you know. It's like walking into, you know, a third or fourth level class like math and all you know mm-hmm. is rudimentary arithmetic. You can't keep up. Right. So, you know, one I did see one student say that she walked into a chemistry class and they had an exam and she ended up walking out because she felt like, I have no idea what they're talking about. I don't know what I'm doing. I just feel ill-prepared. And, you know, that's the way it went down. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's crazy. Well, what was the stuff about the torture? They were saying that the Landrys would uh, yell at them, scream at them, and make them kneel on on uncooked rice, you know, and that which is painful, kneeling on hot concrete and all this kind of stuff. What what was all that about? Yeah, I saw some video of him, uh, like, yelling like a maniac and sweating while he was yelling, and it was just crazy. I don't know why people... Well, is that supposed to make the kids learn better, faster? Who knows? I think that's just a, probably a, de- de- a depiction of his own uh, upbringing on why, how he was talked to. You know, sometimes we have met the enemy and it becomes us. And uh, it's basically things that was levied to us in our lives that, that we become. And that could be his motivation is to think that he's some kind of messiah because he's been beat down so much that, you know, I'm speculating and things like yeah. that. But uh, he's he didn't look good when he was talking the way he was talking. They had little clips of that. So. Well, these so anyway. parents said that they're pulling their kids out of there and stuff. But I don't know. Well, I, you know, it's unfortunate. I mean, it is. I'm just looking on their um, website and just looking at uh, it shows some of the um, students they say University of um, T.M. Landry students were accepted to these particular colleges, Syracuse, Northeastern University, Tulane, Yale, Harvard, um, Cornell. So, wow. It's like, okay. Well, there was also talk about them falsifying kids' uh, transcripts. You know, mm. if you have a student who you know is their math and English and reading scores are below par, but you change their transcript and say, oh, they have a 3.89, you know, GPA or or whatever, Mm -hmm. some higher number, and that's what you put on the transcript, and then that's what they put in their application. Then these other schools, Mm -hmm. these Ivy League schools and whatnot are saying, oh, yeah, okay, we'll take them. And then they get there, and you find out, oh, no, they really are reading on like a seventh grade level or their math is at a 7th or 8th grade level, they're not doing, you know, college plus higher grade math and science and whatnot. You know, that's that's bogus. Mm-hmm. Well, and all they're doing their, is setting the kids up to fail. Yeah. Well, listen at their, uh, I guess their motto, the T.M. Landry College Preparatory is an independent co-educational year-round college prep school. This, uh, program is for intellectual, quote-unquote, out-of-the-box thinkers who want to pursue a serious, purposeful education with the ultimate goal of achieving success in college and beyond. Wow. So Yeah, it sounds real good. Yeah, yeah, it does. Sounds like a postcard. 
Yeah, I was yeah. going to say it works good on a brochure. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Well, I mean, I I, I just hope this does. I, I I don't know if all of this is true. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. It's just strange. Very it is strange. Very but strange. I, I would like to follow this story, though, see where it goes. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we're going to take a break and come back with the hidden <laughs> minute headline. Sorry about oh, that, my. before, Kevin. All right. That's all. going to refresh the beverages, and we'll be right back. This is Red Wine, and you're listening to WPJP Block Talk Radio Pajama Party. Check out my commentary. I like to call it, I'm just saying, because sometimes I am just saying. It's just my opinion. It's what I think. Hey, you don't have to agree, but if you disagree, call us up. 914-803-4306. Hey, don't forget, they can catch us on uh, Twitter also at uh, com too. What's the number, Papa? 914-803-4306. Uh, I don't know how I got in this studio. Red Wine uh, came in here by himself, and me and Kendall just happened to come here and catch her stealing airtime. As you, you know, know, I'm trying to do my own promo, and y'all just happened to show up again. Well, can you tell me what time? Oh, 9 o'clock, Eastern time, 8 o'clock, Mountain time, 7 o'clock, Central time. No, that's wrong. And 6 o'clock, Western time. <laughs> East, West Coast time. Right, right. Either way, so if you're in California, call us at 6, 6 p.m., 7 o'clock if you're hanging out in Colorado somewhere. 7 o'clock, that's Central Time. See, now we got it all. 7, 7 o'clock if you're in. Uh, okay, it's 9 o'clock Eastern. Eastern. Y'all do the math. Figure out where you are, check your watch. 9 o'clock Eastern. Yeah. Right, okay. Check us out. 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, 9 15 CP Time, right? Yep, that's right. CP Time, 9 15. There you go. All right. All right, bartender. Hey. Bartender. Hey, is that Mr. Love? Hey, come on, Mr. Love, Mr. Bartender. I was trying to jiggle my ice in my glass, but it melted. Oh, jiggle my glass. All right, welcome back to the pajama party. Uh, I'm um, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. In red wine. You're not sure? This is red wine. <laughs> um, <so> I... <laughs> All right, it's time. It's that time. Hit them and quit them. Yeah, All, All right. right. I got the first one. All right, you're not going to forget about me now. I got the first one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go for um, Unfortunately, here we go again. Racist Arizona lawmaker says black people don't blend in. An Arizona lawmaker known for his past racist remarks continues to remind everyone he is still a racist. Really? Oh, boy. Republican State House Representative David Stringer was captured on audio calling uh, non-native English-speaking students a burden, saying black people don't blend in and uh, lamenting a supposed white flight in more diverse areas of the country. Really? They were they were all European, Stringer responded in the audio. So after their second or third generation, everybody looks the same. Everybody talks the same. That's not the case with African Americans and other racial groups because they don't melt in 
They don't blend in. They always look different. Okay. He's special as hell. Okay. Um, okay. When asked whether uh, that should matter, Stringer hemmed and hauled, saying maybe it doesn't, but that it seems to matter to a lot of other people. Really? So 60% of public he is sixty percent of public school children in the state of Arizona today are minorities. Um, the um, that complicates racial integration because uh, there aren't enough white kids to go around. Okay, that's what he said. <laughs> yeah, Arizona Arizona Governor uh, Doug Ducey. He's a Republican. He called for Stringer to resign after this <laughs> comment. He says, I don't think there's any place for that kind of commentary in the public square. And um, he's basically disqualified himself to lead at the um, state level. Instead, Stringer was reelected to office earlier this month. Are you serious? Oh, really? Yeah, must just like yes, racist shiggity. Yeah, shenanigans. They, they just like that racist stuff. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, they do. Crazy. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll put them on the kiss it list. All right. Yes, please. We're going to hear them and quit them. Over to you, Papa. Uh, looks like the Philadelphia Eagles uh, bailed nine people from jail using uh, social justice funds. Oh, wow. Mm. The Philadelphia Eagles uh, took their fight for social justice to the bank and bailed nine people out of jail over the Thanksgiving holidays. Okay, on on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, the Eagles posted fifty thousand dollars in bail, twenty five thousand raised by the players, and twenty five thousand matched by the team's Eagle, Eagles uh, social justice fund. So that uh, nine defendants in Philadelphia could spend Thanksgiving out of jail. All right, the money went to the Philadelphia Community Bail Fund, a uh, local organization named at uh, reforming the cash bailout system which has been a major issue for Philadelphia city officials over the years. All right, Philadelphia has uh, some of the highest incarceration rates in the United States. Research, researchers have determined that at Princeton University, which is a, a college about, uh, let's say, maybe an hour and a half from uh, Philadelphia, have also found that uh, black defendants are subject to higher bail from both blacks and white judges. Mm. After Thanksgiving bailout, Eagle Safety Malcolm Jenkins Jenkins and the Players Coalition, uh, which he founded, hosted several affairs uh, on Monday to connect the nine individuals or organizations that can help them get back on their feet. Also, the uh, the cash bail system uh, uh, purges, uh, it, it, it puts in perspective the whole poverty situation and to give people of color and other people uh, in the world the opportunity to uh take advantage of funds before they can get uh, uh, disappropriated or uh, go missing or mm-hmm. what have you. So they want to use the money instead of just having it sit somewhere before some city official can get a hold of it and uh, do what he does or do what they do. Some people say we need a system to make our community safe, but as you uh, can see here with these groups, uh, we are we have everything we need to make our community safer. So when we decide to invest in people and wrap our arms around people, as opposed to locking them up, Jenkins said, it makes for a better community. So early this year, the Players Coalition, led by Jenkins and former NFL players, uh, 
reached an un, uh, unpredicted agreement with the NFL to uh, dedicate nearly $90 million to address social inequality in Philadelphia and the surrounding area. All right, the partnership was established in response to the protests that uh, was initiated by uh, Colin Kaepernick and other people involved in the uh, kneeling of the national anthem. So, so it seems like uh, you know they're, they're doing the right thing That's over fantastic. there in Philadelphia. Well, shout out to the Eagles. Don't shout out too much. You got to play them. <laughs> <laughs> yep, Monday night. Eagles and the Redskins. All right. Well, I got another one. I got another Mm -hmm. one about some justice, more justice being served. I got a former South Florida police chief has been sentenced to three years in prison for framing black people for crimes they did not commit. And he did this in order to boost his department's crime-solving stats. Uh, His name is, yeah, Ramondo Atiziano. He's 53 years old. He's the, yeah, he's the former chief of the Biscayne Park Police uh, in Miami-Dade County. He was sentenced by a federal judge on Tuesday of this week for conspiracy to deprive individuals of their civil rights. Atiziano was hmm. reportedly given two weeks before having to report to prison, allowing him time to spend with his mother, who's terminally ill. Isn't that mm. nice? He didn't think about the black folks he framed when they needed to be with their mother and their wife and their children. But anyway, uh, a month saying? ago, a month ago, three other former Biscayne Park officers uh, were sentenced for their participation in the same scheme, framing black people. Uh Artiziano said on three occasions that he had ordered them to falsely arrest and charge three people for unsolved burglaries. One of those was arrested was only 16 years old when he was falsely accused. Hmm. This is so ridiculous. So the other two people uh, of the three that were sentenced each got a year in prison. And one of the the third person was sentenced to 27 months. So now uh, Artiziano says putting an arrest statistic above the rights of an innocent man instead of working to protect our citizens undermines the safety goals of every Miami-Dade police department. And, of course, he's saying now he knows it was wrong, you know, blah, 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 cry me a river. If you hadn't gotten busted, (laughs) you would have kept doing it. So I'm not trying to hear all that. But at least now that has been exposed, and he'll get a little bit of time, even if it's only three three years. Mm -hmm. That's just showing. It goes on to say Mm -hmm. exactly. It goes on to say that one of the three victims who served five years in prison for a series of burglaries that he was falsely accused of committing has filed a federal lawsuit that accuses the town and its former officers of violating his civil rights. His conviction was finally tossed by a judge in September, the false conviction. Now, what I want to know is what do they get? These these people who were falsely accused and imprisoned, how do you, you can't get your time back. You can't get that part of your life back. So do you get anything in return when they say, oh, okay, we found out what happened, you were innocent. 
Then what do they do? Just open the jail cell and say, all right, you're free to go. Go home. Well, they probably pursue it as far as the civil rights. They will have to pursue it that way because the civil rights were violated, so they'll just have to obtain a lawyer and see if they can get some money uh, into the, uh, you know, the state. Yeah, well, only one of them said they're suing. I don't know if the other folks were just so happy to get out that they just let it go. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, all right, we're going to hit them and quit them. We're gonna put All right, them, what else is happening? We're going to put them on a kitchen list. Um, yeah. Marriott. Marriott says a major uh, data breach exposed private information up to 500 million guests. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Marriott International said on Friday that hackers illegally assessed its Starwood Hotels brand's reservation database since 2014. Are you just telling us now? Potentially exposing personal information about 500 guests. Shares of the company um, fell nearly 6% to about $115 in trading before the bell. So the company said um, for 327 million guests, personal information comprised, um, compromised could include passport details, phone numbers, and email addresses. Wow. For some others, it could mean um, credit card information. That's not good. Oh, my God. The company said it learned about the breach um, after an internal security tool sent an alert on September the 8th. On further investigation, the hotel chain learned data had been hacked long before. So the company, which bought uh, Starwood in 2016, said it had been reported uh it had reported the incident to law enforcement and had begun notifying regulatory authorities. So Marriott said it would send emails to affected guests starting on Friday. Now, it, it, it just sounds like some hanky-panky going on. Y'all knew some stuff. Y'all just didn't let, out, let it out the bag. So wow. Marriott said, yeah, said it, was too, it was too early to estimate the financial impact of the breach and that it would not affect its long-term financial health. It also said it was working with uh, its insurance carriers to access the coverages. Well, they don't do nothing to you guys, but what's going to happen, you know, with the people that is affected? Do we get any conversation? Yeah. Come on, man. Really? Looking at identity theft, getting ready to pick up again. Right. That's crazy. So it said... It said Hyatt said it would um it had discovered unauthorized access to payment card information at certain um of its locations, affecting forty one properties in eleven countries. That's a lot. Good gracious. Well they yeah. said five hundred how many? Five hundred million? Five hundred million. Five hundred mi- million people affected. But see, my thing is, you knew something was going on in 2014, but then in return, in 2016, you you sold Starwood. So who's to say that the people you sold it and sell it to had had hacked it or, or you know, is some hanky-panky going on there? Oh, my God. It never Too ends. Much. It never ends. All right, Kim. Right. Well, thank you for that report. So if you are one of those people... Uh, be looking for a letter, because I heard on the news they said they're going to send letters out to everybody who's been affected. So if you get a letter, mm-hmm. better figure out how you're going to lock down all your personal information. Mm-hmm. I don't know. 
It's rough. All right. Mm-hmm. We're going to pass it over to Papa Didi and what's popping. What you got for us tonight, mm-hmm. Papa Didi? I know you're going to break it down. So much happening. <laughs> yeah, you don't know where to begin. Just a plethora of topics. You know, uh, it's just it's so sad. It's like every time we hear a story, every time we hear a scenario, we always hear about uh, how, the, like the last case in court where the, um, you know, the black people are falsely this and that, and a gentleman over in, um, where is this at, uh, Arizona, mm-hmm. people acting the fool, doing this and doing that. And it's just amazing that the um, uh, the black race has been plagued for so long when it comes to being what, what people think is undermining us. I mean, we undermine ourselves, and we you gotta admit that there's some, some blacks among us that just, just can't stop acting the damn fool, you know. And they they just add fat to the fire with their behavior. So we cannot leave them out, not by no stretch of the imagination. Um, but the sad part about it is that through ye- throughout years, the stigma of black people has just been so world worldwidely noted, and everybody has jumped on that particular bandwagon, you know. And now they're they're talking about this whole immigration thing when half of the world is immigrants, you know, three qu- three quarters of the world is immigrants. Everybody over here has come from something or somewhere, and not that long ago. I mean, I've had friends. That were, um, you know, Korean friends that I, a time I was really using a dry cleaner a lot. I got to know the families. And I got to know the families through the conversation of bringing my clothes there on a daily basis where I met the the grandparents at the very end when I first started, you know, doing the, that particular cleaners. And then met their children who took over. And the grandparents being of a real heavy Korean nature. You know, just like the stores and everything, you know, the third, the first and second generations are the ones that are a little more stronger with the accent and stronger with the eyes and the look and the frame and the, the typical. But then as the children come in and take over later, you know, around the millennium, millennium time and things like that, the, the children look a little more Americanized and speak better English and things like that. So saying all that to say that like for 40, 50 years, immigrants have been just taking all our money when it comes to in, in the black neighborhood, the inner city neighborhood with these little stores that, that sell merchandise that serve our particular vices. You know, um, like I said before, you know, most of the time when you live life and make money, you shouldn't worry so much about how much you make a year or how much you make an hour, but try to write down how much you make a day. And that would surprise you because if you look at some of these little stores in a black neighborhood, if you, let's say on your job, let's say if somebody's making a decent dollar, let's say you make $237 a day, you know, times such and such. Let's say $237 a day equals 80000 a year. So how can I make $237 a day? Well, I think some of these little stores in these inner cities on the corner, between the blunts and the papers, the rolling papers, and all the paraphernalia, lighters, and torches, and everything they're selling, they're getting from the wholesale district in New York for dirt cheap. And they got them on the counter like that. They're making four or $500 alone before they even sell a, a, a thing of uh, shrimp fried rice or an egg roll. They're making $400 right there on, on the counter. You go in any, any Chinese store, 
in the inner city neighborhood, they're selling all this little hand merchandise, you know, uh, uh, black and tan and whatever, whatever it is that people do. They find out what we do and they infiltrate our, our, our race, they infiltrate our habits, and they and they sell us our habits. And it's it's amazing. It's just it's absolutely amazing that people can observe you so much that they can make a living off of you. And and then project an image where they'll be so, you know, every day in their little white truck that's all beat up and dirty and what have you, doing anything, looking all work 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 or work wise, you know, lifting their little boxes of fish and whatever they're doing in the back and looking like they're working. That way they could blend with the neighborhood. But on Sunday when they closed, and I used to live behind uh, some Koreans. I lived upstairs, and they lived in this big house behind me. And I would see on Sunday that their little parking lot garage behind me was full of brand-new infinities and things like that. And Sunday when they go to church and they step out with their fabulous clothes and the things they're wearing, it's just it's amazing. I mean, I mean, God has blessed me to see things full circle, to see just what people are doing and how they're doing it. And the shops that they run for the inner city is open up the same time we're woke. I think they open up at 11 o'clock in the morning. They close at 4 a.m. The same time we sleep when we hanging out. We lay in the bed till 11 a.m. When we wake up to go to the store, we go right to a little Chinese joint. And that's open till 4 o'clock in the morning. They get you everything from some rice and gravy, egg rolls, some shrimp fried rice, whatever you want, a blunt, rolling papers, a torch, something to wrap your stuff in, pack your stuff in, smoke, whatever. It's amazing. And they're thriving strictly off of our habits. And I just want to put that out there tonight to say that if you're making $235 a day on your job where you're presenting yourself as a so-called decent human being, these jokers just run the little raggedy shop on the corner of uh, whatever avenue or whatever street Making four hundred a day just on merchandise alone off the counter. It's crazy. That's all I got for that. Okay. You're right about that. No. That was a good analogy. <laughs> yeah, there's no need of them being open if nobody's coming in. Might as well open when folk are up, ready to make moves. Eleven AM to four AM. <laughs> That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Is that that's what the time is that they roll, huh? Mm-hmm. They sleep from five a.m. to ten o'clock in the morning. Wow. All right. All right. Well, thank you, Papa Didi. That was what's popping with Papa Didi. We're gonna take a quick break, and we're coming back with the weird news. We're gonna lighten it up uh, with the weird news, and you're listening to. A Pajama Party on Blog Talk Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll be right back. Bonsoir, bonsoir. This is red wine, or as they say in Paris, Je suis Ben Rouge. Join me every Friday right here on A Pajama Party, where I'll get on my rant, sit on my little bar stool, and give you my opinion on whatever has been bugging me or whatever's on my mind this week. You don't want to miss it. I know I won't. So be here with me every Friday, Red Wine, on the Pajama Party Show. Visit us on www.apajamaparty.com and check us out. We'll see you there. 
All right, welcome back to Bajan Party. My name is Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. Bonsoir, darling. It's time for my favorite, the weird news. Because it's weird. Mm. Like me. <sighs> no. All right, who's up? Kettle, you lead us off. Yep. Okay. What you um, <laughs> Payless opens fake luxury store and dupes influencers into paying hundreds for shoes. They named this store Pay Lessy, P-A-L-E-S-S-I. And the people that, quote-unquote, supposed to influence, um, I guess, um, the trend or shoppers, they thought uh, the shoes were real. Uh, Payless shoes aren't exactly synonymous with high fashion, but for one night in Los Angeles, they were. The shoe company set up a fake luxury store called Paylessy, stocked with Payless shoes, and invited fashion influencers to check out the collection at a grand opening party. The store had a high-end uh, look and feel, but the shoes on the shelf were the same ones that normally retail oh, for prices between $19.99 and $39.99. The um, prank uh, worked perfectly. A video ad shows the guests purchasing the shoes for hundreds of dollars. One person even paid $640 for a pair. Pay left uh, rang up the purchases but gave the influencers their money back. They also got to um, take home the shoes for free. Um, that's funny. That was real funny. Payless has gone to great lengths. Yes, they said they have gone great lengths to create a portfolio of fashionable and high-quality shoes, but um, perceptions of the brand lag far behind this. So I can say it it just seemed like it was a good experiment. I mean, you know, Mm. people are not going to go into a store. You're going to pay $19.99 or $30 or $40 for a pair of shoes. They want to pay high-end shoes. But some of Payless shoes look high-end, so, you know, why not? You know. But did those people get their money back? That's what I want to know. Somebody yeah, uh-huh. who paid six hundred dollars for a pair of twenty dollars shoes, did they get their money right. back? Yes, they got the money back and they gave them the shoes free. So oh, okay. good sports about it. Yeah. So but I mean they were just I guess their biggest thing is it probably went viral and they were embarrassed. They were buying these cheap brand quote unquote shoes, but you thought they were high end because of the way they looked. So, you know, you can't always judge a book by its cover. So. They thought they were high-end because of the way they set that store up. Those shoes look yep. the same way they do in Payless. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but they would have I'm, never I'm gone Payless. to Payless. I'm putting Payless on the kiss it list. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it, though. They would have never gone into Payless to think twice about looking at those shoes. Yeah, so. okay. I commend Payless. I love it. <laughs> All right. I disagree. I'm putting them on the kisser list. All right. I'm moving on to the next one. I've got a D.C. clerk nixes a marriage of a man because of his alleged foreign New Mexico ID. A District of Columbia clerk and his supervisor, and the supervisor now, refused to accept this man's New Mexico state driver's license when he went to get a marriage license because the clerk said, and the supervisor, thought that New Mexico was a foreign country. 
I guess they just looked at Mexico and said, you, you're from a foreign country. We can't give you a marriage license. It said New Mexico, moron. Anyway, Gavin Clarkson told the uh, Las Cruces Sun News that it happened last week at Washington, D.C. Marriage Bureau when he tried to apply for a marriage license. After approaching the clerk for the license, he showed his New Mexico ID. Clarkson said the clerk told him he needed an international passport to get a marriage license. Clarkson said he protested to a supervisor who also said, you need a foreign passport. <laughs> so the the supervisor or, or the clerk who was female said that she thought New Mexico was a foreign country. All the couples behind him in line were laughing. Clarkson, who's an, an enrolled member of the Choctaw Nation, Indian Nation, said if he had his tribal identification card, he might have had an easier time. In uh, in a statement, D.C. courts acknowledged that the staff error uh, occurred, and the clerk finally concluded that New Mexico was a state after Clarkson mm. objected three times. The clerk went mm. on and finally granted the license to Clarkson and his fiancée. And then the court said, we very much regret the error and the slight delay it caused the New Mexico resident applying for the license. And just so you know, New Mexico became a state in 1912. <laughs> okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Can you imagine standing up there talking about, oh, you're going to need a passport, sir. You're a foreigner. <laughs> it looks like for Christmas she'll be getting a placemat of a Map. Yeah, a map of the good old USA. Rand McNally yep. special. Mm-hmm. Ignorance is bliss, huh? Yes, indeedy. All right, over to you, Papa Didi. What you got for us on the weird? Oh, uh, let's see here. It looks like uh, a woman farts in a checkout line at a Dollar General Mm-mm. and pulls a knife on a man who complained about it. <laughs> Damn. Wow. The things people do. Okay, a Florida woman faces an aggravated assault charge after she uh, passed gas in line at a dollar store and pulled out a, pulled out a knife on a man who complained about it. Probably because, you know, most of the time when people fart, if you don't hear it, you really can't blame on who did it, right? You just wow. smell it. So you kind of give people faces and looks, or you kind of check the wind direction and kind of figure out where you think it came from. Mm. But you can't come out and say you farted. Especially if you didn't hear it. Okay, that's that's the, the fart law. Oh, okay. Anyway, authorities say that um, uh, uh, Shania Yvette Wilson farted while waiting in line at a Dollar General, General store Sunday night. Okay. And then uh, then the offended offended customer named John Walker got into an argument in reference to defendant's fart. Oh, she farted loudly. Okay. Oh. Okay, according to the affidavit, she farted loudly. So he knew exactly <laughs> that who did it. That was an affidavit. So Wilson alleged she pulled a small lock pocket knife from her purse, mm. opened the knife, and told the victim that she was going to gut him. <laughs> All right, this is what the police report said. While doing so, she pulled back her right hand with the knife as as she was going to attack him and gave him a gesture of how she was going to stab him. 
Mm. All right. Interesting. Walker, uh, the gentleman that was in fear, he was going to be stabbed by the defendant, so he called 911 as he backed off. After police were called, uh, Wilson was found by the deputies in the area of 40, 45th Northwest 5th Avenue and was identified by Walker. They put him in the car and they found her because she had walked out of the store. She wasn't driving. Wilson was arrested and taken to the uh, Paul Reins uh, Detention Center and uh, Palmetto Beach, where she posted bail that was set at $2,500, which is 10% of $250. All right, she'll be charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill. So. And that was for the knife, not the fart. Yeah, for the knife. So, wow. Anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've seen uh, it all. <laughs> that must have okay. been wild. Imagine the cop that made the arrest. I'm yeah. imagining the clerk who was probably like next in line. Y'all need to take that over there <laughs> with all that nice stuff. Okay. Well, that's our weird news for tonight. All right. I'm going to go into, I'm just saying, I want to talk about a serious topic tonight. I'm just saying, what will it take to make you believe? That's my topic tonight. I don't understand people who say that they don't believe in climate change and global warming. They keep acting like this this is not a real thing. But my question is, what is it going to take before you believe? The Arctic is melting, literally melting at record rates. And that's not politics. That's not make-believe. It's not fantasy. It's scientifically proven. Yet people say they still don't believe it. Trump says he's so super intelligent that he's too smart to believe it. Really? If you were that smart, you would believe the evidence that's right in front of your eyes. Scientists have been working for years and years to track this information and to prove it. And people say... That, oh, they must be doing it for some ulterior motive or some other reason. Really? What what reason would that be? You think they're getting paid the more that the situation looks worse? I, I, it doesn't even make sense. They don't get more money for showing us how bad the environment is getting. It's not like they get a bonus for each item that they prove by science. That would just be crazy. But we live in a crazy world now. There are still people who insist that the world is flat, but that's a whole other issue altogether. I'm just talking about crazy. But I'm just saying, what will it take to make you believe? From crop failures and the loss of coastal real estate to crumbling infrastructure, this is real. It's a real thing, people. And if we don't do something to reduce the greenhouse emissions today, we might not make it till tomorrow speaking metaphorically, I mean, the future. And what about our children and our grandchildren? If you don't do it for yourself, do it for them. Carbon emissions are killing our environment. It's that simple. Speaking of simple, 45 and others like him say it's all hype, smoke and mirrors. Meanwhile, the shorelines are disappearing. Arctic animals are losing their habitat, but they say it's all made up. I'm just saying, what's it going to take? Trump was asked if he read a recent report on the environment, and he said, yeah, I read it. It was fine. 
clearly he didn't read it, and it's not fine because there was a statement in that report that talked about how we're rushing to our own demise. And when the reporter said, did you read that part? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, I read it, and I don't believe that. He didn't read that report. But anyway, I'm just saying, wake up, folks. It's real, and we need to fix it. This is Red Wine, and I'm just saying, what's it going to take until you believe it? all I'm saying. I'm not going to beat that horse anymore. I'm not going to do it. I want to, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pass the mic to Papa Didi. I'm living for the city. What's going on in the city tonight, Papa Didi? Uh, Wow, let's see. Um, And if you want to talk about global warming, I won't mind. No, no, I'm (laughs) going to lighten it up a little bit. Let's talk about uh, that sugar reduction. Okay. Let's get back on that for a minute. We don't want to lose touch of that. You know, like I, I said on a few shows ago, that I was battling a, a pre-diabetes situation that I successfully uh, conquered by getting my A1C down to respectful levels as well as my sugar down and even lost weight in the process. Um, I think the main thing that we can focus on when it comes to that sugar is sugar. You know, and when I say sugar, it's hard to evade it because it's in everything. It's all over the place. But the one thing you could begin with is, is soda. You know, soda is the one thing. Two, obviously, two things you could begin with is soda and potato chips. Okay, and we have to learn to start liking unsweetened tea. I know that we, when you take a sip of unsweetened tea, the taste is almost horrendous, but. I've learned over the past few months to just take it as any other refreshment and don't expect so much out of it because it's unsweetened from the beginning. So it's not going to have that happy taste. It's going to be a regular taste that's, uh, you know, that's just what it is. But soda itself, you know, and when you turn a label on the back, if you don't know what to look for and all of it's run into each other, just look for the sugar content. You'll always see sugar. It'll have a gram level behind it, a number and a G grams to be safe with sugar you want to stay with at least 10 and below on sugar grams okay so anything you look at whether it be cookies candy anything if you can go nine or eight or six you'd be surprised some chocolate candy has has zero zero grams of sugar in there so and, and it's very interesting because that being the active ingredients because people are using you know better stuff in the product but stuff that you buy that's of a sugar-free nature is more expensive, so be prepared to spend more money. But you got to watch that sugar. You have to watch the sodas and the potato chips, for one. Those are the main things. And then the carbs that turn back into sugar. I'm not going to sit up here like some kind of doctor and, and say all a bunch of crazy stuff or talk like I, I got this big old new knowledge on things, which I do. But that's for my own personal use, but you can pick it up if you want to. But there again, too, the white stuff in your life, you know, the macaroni and the rice and the potatoes. And that's why I said potato chips, because potatoes is the worst. Even though you want to stop and get them fries from churches, or you want to get them fries from Wendy's, or you want to get them fries from McDonald's, you got to drop them damn fries. Mm. Fries have got to go. Fries got to go. Okay, potato chips got to go, and soda has to go, and juice has to go. When I say juice, I'm talking about ocean spray, 
cranberry, pomegranate, all that. If you're going to drink juice, a little bit of juice, and dilute it with water. Thin it out. These are things that I've done. My A1C was at 14, which is crazy. Okay? My my uh, blood sugar was up to like, the highest point it was at was 425. And then three something. I mean, I had a gut that was just crazy. It was just there. I know what it was even for. It was just sitting there, uncontrollable. How did you get there? Then all of a sudden, once I focused on the on the sugar and then went to a diabetes doctor who knew what he was doing, it gave me the proper medication and gave me the uh, the ability to prick my finger and check my blood and, and paid attention to the stuff he told me to stay away from. It just changed my diet. Now my numbers are down like they're supposed to be, between 110 and 90, you know, and, and my A1C is down from 14 to like, 7.8 it should be like maybe 6.7 or something like that I think I'm a number away from having the proper A1C but I got out of the teens and I got out of double digits you know and I'm keeping it real and I'm not just saying that to just you know talk a bunch of crap because hell I didn't know what diabetes even was never had it never experienced it, never had to deal with it but as long as you're pre-diabetic that means your body is still making insulin you don't have to integrate insulin in your body. You're still making insulin. And always remember, in the back of your back, there is some very important things. You know, your liver, your pancreas, and things that, that have to do with your body. And it's right behind it's right in, right behind your big-ass stomach. So the poisons you put in your stomach is laying right on top of your major organs. So be conscious of that. That's what I had to learn. Learn to like unsweetened tea. Put ice in it. Just, just you know, just sip it like it's a nice cold drink. Learn to like it. Buy about a six pack and understand it. Chill it, but stay away from sweet tea. Lord have mercy. If you got sweet tea in your refrigerator, pour it out. Pour it out. You got potato chips. Replace them with pretzels. You know, you can treat yourself every now and then, but check your numbers on the back of the package where you get down to the sugar part. You want 10 below on sugar. If, and you'll see what I mean when, you, when I say 10 below. Because you turn a Mountain Dew over, 36. You turn a Gatorade over, 32. You turn a Jamaican ginger beer over, 56 grams of sugar. 56. So if you turn those labels around or even the right way, you'll come to your senses. And I'm not saying that to scare you. I'm just telling you that when you got it, when you don't generate insulin no more, and you gotta start putting those needles in you and shooting that insulin in you, it's not good. So I just want to kick that out tonight. All right. Okay. Thank you for that, though. All right. Gotta lay off the chips and the French fries. Because what is, what oh, is the chips? Oh, that's no chips fine. Made up. Potatoes. Potatoes. Potatoes is the main thing. Turn in the carbs. And that turns Get rid of it. Get rid of it. Fries mm. are the worst. Because that sugar baits goes right. Tings, right? As soon as you chew it, the sugar pops right out of it. And rice, white rice. Brown rice is cool, you know. Once you start doing it, once you start getting better, feeling better, you'll realize it. You'll, I, I turn labels all the time because I get desires, you know, like anything else. I turn something and say, oh, you know, oh. Damn, look at the sugar content, 25 grams. I'm like, whew, I don't even want it. I don't even want to abuse myself. I work too hard to get right. So, mm. anyway. All right. 
Well, let's see. Kettle, you want to head on out to the West Coast and tell us what's happening in Hollywood? Sure. We can to take a little CC break. We have time. Wow. Oh, okay. Especially my cocktail. Okay. All right. Well, we'll take a quick break, and then we're coming right back with Kettle. He's going to give us the update on what's happening in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And we'll be right back. You're listening to the Pajama Party Show on Blog Talk Radio. This is the Pajama Party coming to you live. What's on your mind? Call us on 914-803-4306. Got an opinion or just want to say hello to the crew? Hello. You know what to do. Call 914-803-4306. If you just want to listen to the show online, go to www.apajamaparty.com and click the banner in the upper right corner. But if you want to talk to the crew, you need to call us on 914-803-4306 and press 1. We'll get to your call as soon as possible. It's nothing but fun and a pillow fight every Friday night at the Pajama Party. And remember... PJs only, no clothes allowed. Now back to the crew and more of the pajama party. Bartender, another round for the house. Thank you, darling. Hi, right, welcome back to the pajama party. I'm one of your host, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. On soir, darling. All right. And like I always say, they both work for me. So, um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what you always say. He's only Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, all right. All right. So let's head to the West Coast. All right. What's happening in Hollywood? I'm going to make it short and sweet. Um, you remember the um the president of uh, CBS, Les Moonves? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was um uh his wife um used to be on the talk. She's gone, unfortunately. But um, Les Moonves, he tried to bribe alleged victim with acting jobs after the Me Too um, movement took off. A newly unveiled allegation of sexual assault could put um, Les Moonves $120 million in his severance pay in jeopardy. Um, right now they say they have it in escrow, so he hasn't really gotten his, his pay yet. Um Moonbez's downfall began with in August 2018, a New Yorker story that detailed allegations of sexual assault from six women. Um, But there was one, she was the catalyst that started everything, and her name is um, Bobby Phillips. He was afraid that she was going to go public. Um, uh, about an allegation that happened almost 20-something years ago. He, um, she must have been a starving actress or something. She came into his uh, office, and he forced her to have sex with him. So if um, this allegation would have gotten out, which it did, it would have been, you know, um, messed up his career. So, yes, it did. It did. So it goes... Yeah, it goes on to say Phillips tells the Times she was assaulted by Moonves when she visited the Warner Brothers studio in March of 95 for a casting meeting. Moonves, who was married with three kids at the time, because he was married before, at the time it led, exposed his penis to her and said, look at how hard you make me. Oh, Lord. 
Really? Ooh. Lord have mercy. That's a good line. Let me use that. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, you were on the kids' list. <laughs> yeah, so. She was the catalyst, I guess, that started everything. But when the Me Too movement came out, I guess he was like, look, if this gets out, my career is going to be over. And it sure was. So, too bad for him. I guess we're going to put him on the kissy list. Um, yep. Yep, mm. put him on the kissy, kissy, kissy list twice. I, I feel mm. for his wife. Um. Also, Bobby Brown is in the news. Bobby Brown sues over being Bobby Brown footage in a Showtime BBC Whitney Houston documentary. Um, the king of R&B, Bobby Brown, filed a $2 million lawsuit naming Showtime the BBC and producers of being Bobby Brown among its defendants over what his complaint claims is um, they um, showed 30, 30 minutes of footage, unauthorized footage, in the 2017 Showtime BBC documentary Whitney, uh, Can I Be Me? Um, Brown suit, which refers to the singer as a legendary, was filed um, on Tuesday in the district, uh, New York District Court. Um, it contends that over 30 minutes of footage featuring Brown and various children of his, including Bobby Christina, Christina Brown, um, appears in the film without his consent. So at least some of this footage was um, shot uh, for his 2006 Bravo show, Being Bobby Brown. So we'll see what's going to happen with that lawsuit. He probably was going to okay, win. Now. You know, as as Papa Didi says, people just do crap, and then they worry about the consequences later. So, you know. Is that what they she, do, Papa? Yeah. That ain't right. They make they make ten million. They make ten million off it, and then they get sued for two million, and they still took mm-hmm. home eight million. So. Right, right. Anyway, yeah. Okay. One more. Uh, a good note. Miguel and his longtime love, Hazani Mandy, they tied the knot. Um. This past uh, holiday. Yeah, Miguel. Mm-hmm. He's fine, okay. and his wife is fine. So, I mean, yeah. So, mm-hmm. you guys just have to see the pictures. They, um, It's called the Hummingbird Nestle Ranch, uh, south in California. It's really nice. He had, what, six groomsmen. He had six uh, what, uh, bridesmaids Bridesmaid. or whatever. Yeah, okay. beautiful dress. Mm-hmm. So, yep. All right, congratulations to Miguel. Congratulations, well, Miguel. He's off the he's off the single block. <laughs> off the market. Off the market. Mm-mm. Yep, yep, yep. So okay. wait, did did he have hair or was he bald in the pictures? No, he had hair. Okay. It looks like his hair is in plaits or something, but he has hair. So, okay. That's the look, I guess. Look raggedy to me, but I mean, for him to be fine, he got a raggedy head. Each his own, I guess. But uh, yeah, no, when you're that fine, you can get away with that. <laughs> oh, okay, that's how that works. Okay, all right, I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's how it works. Okay. All right. Huh? Cool. Well, mm-hmm. thank you, Kettle. Appreciate that. You're welcome. All, all right, right. that's a Hollywood wrapper. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. We're going right into the cocktail of the week. Brought to you by D.C. Homegrown Entertainment, our parent company. 
Uh, Cattle, what is tonight's cocktail of the week? This is interesting. It's it's kind of hard to pronounce, but we're going to get it. The Scrapani. It's spelled S-G-R-O-P-P-I-N-O. It's um, one cup of chilled uh, Prosecco, two uh, tablespoons chilled vodka, one-third cup of frozen lemon sorbet, uh, a quarter uh, teaspoon chopped fresh mint leaves, and all of that goes into a champagne flute glass. So, oh, sounds more like a dessert. It does. It's like an after um, dinner uh, drink. Oh, yeah. an aperitif. Mm-hmm. I like it. Yes. I like it. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll post that on the uh, apajamaparty.com website, and you can click on the Cocktail of the Week banner and get that recipe. Try it out. Mm-hmm. Let us know if you liked it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, let's see. We got Kiss It List, Papa Didi. Tell the folks, mm-hmm. tell the good people what is the Kiss It List. Well, the Kiss It List is a list that we compiled of people of last week, week and a half, two weeks, that showed their butt hiney. And um, think they're better than everybody else. The other lists and put their name on it, and we have a song dedicated to them. And uh, we'll uh, start off with uh, CNN. Oh yeah, CNN. They fired this. You know that brother Mark Lamont Hill, very intelligent brother. That's on there all the time. Well, he won't be anymore because they fired him. For saying that Palestine should be able to get uh, equal rights or human rights or something. What was it they Mm -hmm. fired him for? Something about that. Because basically they were saying that that's considered an anti-Semitic comment. I guess because the Palestines are at war against the Jews or something. But he was just saying that they're people just like everybody else. So why shouldn't they be able to get kind of equal rights and Whatever. So now CNN decided, nope, you went too far, you're fired. Well, it's good to show you who runs CNN. Exactly. Use. There you go. Okay. All right. Um, Racist uh, Representative uh, Dave uh, Stringer from uh, from Arizona said that blacks just don't fit in. There's not enough white kids to go around. Okay. All right. Well, the, the reason on that is the fact that, first of all, when people make comments like that, they're only as intelligent as their grand- grandpapa taught them, okay? These people may be may hold jobs as uh, sheriffs and things like that, but deep down inside, they have low education. Their family has low education. They're probably some poor white trash, some trailer park trash. They now got a job with a suit on, but it didn't change your intellect level, okay? And all you know is what you know, what old grandpapa taught you, and that's your backdrop. Because we all respect our grandparents and parents and what have you, and they're no exceptions. But if your father was a damn idiot, then you're going to be an idiot. No disrespect. If you believe what he says. If you believe what he says. Uh-huh. And you don't even rebuttal it or question it. You just say, well, that's my daddy. I and mean, what he says is the it is. So anyway. Anyway, and the reason why they're not enough uh, white kids to go around is because whites haven't... Uh, 
you know, uh, as far as the re- reproduction of people, uh, you know, it's just not just not happening at a fast pace by by white folks. That's anymore. because people of color are reproducing at a rate faster than non-people of color. Mm. I mean, that's that's math. They're moving and shaking because they gotta hustle. Because people that don't have to hustle, but people that are complaining, they're just kind of just make they're getting over or trying to get over it, or they're in the trenches, think they own stuff, and they. They aren't uh, knocking boots, so therefore babies aren't being made. Anyway. Uh, read Dr. Francis Cress-Welsing's book, The ISIS Papers. Mm-hmm. He breaks that all down about how genetics work and how white people and melanin and all of that, when they start blending with other races, other people's genetics tend to overpower white people's genetics. And, you know, it's just how it is. You know, a white person and an Iranian person, that child typically, the, 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 the child of that, of that union, typically does not look like the white person. They look more like the Iranian person. They got a little more melanin. Mm. And so eventually the white numbers will start to drop if white people oh, continue to blend with people that are not white. And they are. I mean, again, it's math. It's simple math. Mm. Anyway, we got Trump on the list. Trump was saying at a Mississippi rally that uh, when he was younger, uh, people say he was like Elvis. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah, he's on the kiss list. And Trump again for calling himself highly intelligent and too intelligent to believe in global warming. Mm-hmm. You know, he says, well, I'm a highly intelligent guy. And I'm too, well, the global warming. It's hard to believe all, in that. When you look at footage where mm-hmm. the uh, polar bears hang out, they're losing snow. And everybody's just losing everything. The global warming is very serious. That's and it's it very to. real. Yeah. He's Snow, an idiot. Snow-capped mountains, along, no longer snow-capped mountains. You know, they're growing grass and trees. Yeah. So, anyway. Uh, Miami ex-cop for falsely accusing uh, black men of crimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, pay less uh, fake high-end store pranks. <laughs> and uh, we shouldn't talk about them because Kettle says... I love Payless. I don't care. I'm putting them on a camera. I love Payless. <laughs> and I'm also adding Cole <laughs> and that other weasel, uh, Cohen. Right. Where's the money? Put them on the camera. They stole all the money, but ain't nobody asking. Ain't nobody asking matter for where's the money. But he got the money, and when he gets pardoned, he gonna give Trump about ten million dollars. That's why they you on the kissing list. Anybody Trump else? Say, Look, I'm gonna pardon you, but you know, give give me ten million. Um, um, going once. Uh, what's the thing for being for being CBS a what executive? Yeah, for being a... Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I said earlier in this segment that most of your rich guys, your millionaires and billionaires, they just just knock boots all day, you know? They Hmm. get massages, and and that's all they do. They don't do no work. They eat good food, and they just go get a massage, and they just want to be naked, and they just freaks. They got plenty of money, and they just... They do what they want to do. That's been going on for years. All right, anybody else to add? I got the uh, kettle and the uh, red oh, wine. Oh, no, he tried. The then TM the Candy case, prep, school. The prep School. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to put them on the list. And, and the, Papa um, D's. Yeah, the crazy You guys said the three yeah. officers, Biscayne, Biscayne officers. Oh, yeah. yeah. And also that, mm-hmm. that officer from uh, from Dallas, he got indicted for shooting that man in his apartment. Mm-hmm. I went in the wrong apartment. Yeah, sure you did. You know, oh, that, that was a, first that was of all, that was, that was the woman. Yeah, that was that was in your apartment because there was no pantyhose hanging from the shower. 
And okay. that D.C. Clark so, and her supervisor who didn't realize that New Mexico yeah. is part of the United States. And we're going to personally send her a pajama party map of the United States yes. so she can look down at it every day and see that New Mexico is on the United States map. Yeah. Another another level country. of ignorance of people that are raised by ignorant people, and now they're in society acting like they're smart. Oh, and I got... When deep down inside, they dumb as hell. And I got anyway. one more. The lady who farted and pulled a knife on that man, put her on the kissing list. That's just too much. Put a knife or put a fart? Uh, that's a good question. I would say both, because both are offensive. We got something <laughs> for everybody on the kissing list this week. And here it is. My in All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of your hosts, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Ow! Uh-uh. <laughs> that was a little delayed answer when I said Kettle. Uh, Kettle, you, did, you didn't hear me say your name? What's that? Uh, I said Kettle, and you, you, you took know about, she's been drinking. You took about three Why seconds to answer when I said your name. <laughs> Uh, Who you doing? Yeah. Who you doing? Farting in the line of a dollar store or something? <laughs> Who you farting in the line of a dollar store or something? Everybody not it in her knife. Anyway, uh, it's time for the last. Yeah, kettle's off set tonight. Uh, me and Red Wine's in the studio, but kettle's out. To, she's collecting bull sperm uh, for the uh, for the December Christmas party. We're gonna try uh, one of our. Signature drinks and have a little uh, a bull sperm. I'm not drinking that. Chaser. Oh no. <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> okay. Anyway, what's your last word, uh, Papa? <laughs> uh, first of all, uh, today is what the um, today is the thirtieth. Okay, our last show was a week ago, mm-hmm. which was the twenty third. Okay, so I want to send out a belated birthday to my. Uh, Beautiful niece Savannah, and she's uh, five years old. Oh, that's so sweet. Five years old. Happy birthday, Savannah! All right, we're not gonna forget that. And uh, I just like to say, um, like uh, Ellen DeGeneres says, uh, be kind to one another. We live in some rough times. We live in some very inter- interesting times. And me as a black man or just black people in general, we are marked people. We are almost like endangered species. We are the tusks on an elephant. You know, we are the, the fur on a polar bear. It seems like everybody's at, after us for all the wrong reasons. And we just need to protect ourselves, watch our back, pick our battles. You know, don't be so fast to get into a fight with an asshole 
or with a or with a person who is non intelligent or a person that's projecting just things based on their own racial beliefs. Don't let them aggravate you. Walk away. We got different stories today of people getting shot for crazy stuff and all kinds of stuff going on and we just just be careful. Okay. And my last word is I want to say shout out to one of our new partners, Purple House Books. They have a new children's Yay. book out called, thank you, called The Bling Bling Bird. Uh, it's a children's book. Uh, they've got it available coming out in December. You can get your copy at purplehousebooks.com. That's purplehousebooks.com. Check it out. Support those who support us. We would greatly appreciate it. Check it out. The Bling Bling Bird. Uh, thanks to DC Homegrown. And uh, again, global warming is a real thing. Don't sleep on it. It's for real. Do what you can to try to save the environment. Over to you, Kev. Um, I got a few things. Um, well, when I say too much, is is really too much. That includes food, people, Problems and sometimes candy because that makes you sick. Too much of anything will make you sick. Also, I want to give a um, special shout out to uh, my cousin Tyler. Today is her birthday. Um, Aw, happy birthday, Tyler. She's not a baby no more. (laughs) She's a grown woman. (laughs) So, happy birthday. Um, Also, um, a very special shout out. To um, one of a kind person, he was intelligent, adventurous, and a gentle man. And yesterday would have been his 84th birthday, and I know he is celebrating with his brother's mother and one of a kind daughter. Um, I love him and I miss him. That was my dad. So happy birthday in heaven, oh, Dad. Happy birthday, Dad. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it. All right, well, thanks for hanging out with us tonight on the Pajama Party Show. We appreciate your time and attention. Check us out on apajamaparty.com. Don't forget our new sponsor, Purple House Books, uh, promoting and the author of the Bling Bling Bird. Please support them as well. Uh, check us out on apajamaparty.com. Tell a friend. Don't keep it all to yourself because that's just stingy. Share the wealth. Share the knowledge. Until next week, we are uh, signing off. Uh, say good night, Papa. Good night, everybody. Say good night, Cattle. Good night, everybody. And this is Red Wine saying good night. Till next week. We'll catch you later. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bid you farewell, Arabatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of shit. Well, when you, I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Jabiko, Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night and good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night.